The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Peace and blessings, family. As we come together again to bring you an all-new episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say some, say some, say something. Where we get together and talk about everything out here in the life, in the world, in the traffic, in these streets. In these cold, cold, cold streets. And it's a little chilly outside. Actually, it's kind of hot, man. <laughs> the streets is cold. No. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. The streets man. is cold. Bringing you episode number 44. Getting up there. Come on, man. Getting you with that hammering Hank Aaron. I knew it was going to be hammering Hank. Yeah. Can't, can't. Hopefully you have a good one for Mr. 45. Hammer time. No, we, we'll get to him next week. We'll get, this will be a we'll get to him one. next week. Hammering Hank Aaron. Hammering Hank Aaron. The uh, former yeah. home run the champion. official. Well, Home run champion. I'm gonna get there. I said he's a former home run champion by statistic. If you if you look up Barry Bonds is is the one who's who's rated as number one. But what Hank Aaron did in the era where uh, contrary to what you heard, uh, black and white relations was not solid after Jackie Robinson and him coming for Babe Ruth's title was, and all. was not well received. Mm-hmm. And uh, Babe Ruth who had 714 home runs. Uh, when when Hank got 715, it was all hell was ready to break loose. Uh-huh. He went on to when he retired it was 755, I think it is. 755. How much did Barry Bonds get? 765. 62. 762. And Barry was, was yeah. Barry was an interesting story is because he could actually probably got 800. Had, yeah. So had he got black hat. He black ball. He's a little different on the black ball side. So. Uh, Barry Bonds, who you know, people want to put an asterisk after his name, though he never uh, c- confessed nor tested dirty to get the asterisks. Uh, okay. he, he stayed. He kept bobbing and weaving. The thing about him was, is that while he was number three, while he was below Babe Ruth, they were willing to let him slide. Like the the you know, pull the curtain back story was, he knew he wasn't going to win a World Series. Like at that stage of his career, he figured that window would close. Uh, all the the dirty testing, all the the steroid era, Major League Baseball as a whole was willing to let him in number three. Like no controversy, we ain't gonna come after you. Retire at number three and walk away from the game. He more or less said he gave him the finger. Continued to play past Babe Ruth. They were like, ooh, like it hurt. But we are willing to still just sit down at number two because, you know, we, we, we're willing to let this slide. Just sit down at number two and, and go away. Barry gave him both fingers and went for number one because he realized he wasn't going to get a World Series. He at least wanted to be the number one home run champ. And then he got blackballed. And then that's where he got, that's where they came after him with great vengeance and should, furious anger. Because he could have had at least 820. Oh yeah, had he just kept playing, yeah. even even if he just stayed as a designated hitter, eight hundred and twenty easy. Where he's got no other responsibilities but the bat. Eight hundred and twenty easy. He could have, but but you know the funny thing about that when we talk about cheating and we talk about um, that black dark place that baseball has in that moment, it's so funny. A majority of those guys who were um, accused, who actually got tested and admitted. To steroid use or whatever um, drug that was, from the Gary Sheffields to even the David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez, these guys are now some of the premier uh, broadcasters and analysts, right? Yeah. On um, these frequent baseball shows, and I think it's crazy that we live in a society that really tells us cheat. And this is what you'll get. So it's almost hard for you to produce this, do it the right way. Because when if I'm a little young kid and I see Alex Rodriguez still now in a different form of baseball, um, critiquing it, analyzing it, got caught twice, not once, but twice. Yeah, A-Rod's um, winning. Right, and he's still winning. Got J-Lo on his arm. Damn, he still got J-Lo. He huh? got J-Lo on his so arm. So J-Lo from got- Drake. I mean, he, he, he's still winning. So how can you tell me cheating or doing the wrong thing is really losing when you've seen these guys prosper 
baseball is, to be honest with you, is at its all-time high right now as far as with Chicago Cubs um, winning last year. Now you have the Dodgers. I know baseball would have loved it if they had the L.A. Dodgers and New York Yankees. Yeah, in the they, World they, Series. they don't want that. Would have been crazy. Only thing we're like, they, yeah, they're they're really salty about the Yankees. I'm salty about that. Um, but yes, so I mean, the old phrase is, "If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying." Really? Like, so I mean, the the, the mentality of you know, the and and to those baseball guys, you know, that that was the, the steroid purists. era. Yeah, what was the steroid era though? Uh, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, when he came out on the snitch tip, uh, naming names and diming everybody out. You know, it, it, it's. We don't live in a society that demonizes cheating. Uh, we we give we look at losers worse than we look at cheaters. Yeah, for sure. Like I mean, just as a society, if we look at if you came in second, I'm gonna look at you more sideways than the dude who cheated to come in first. Twenty years from now, there's not gonna be a deflate gate, a spy gate, uh, any of that stuff when in the the annals of of NFL history around Tom Brady. 20 years from now, when everybody who's of age, who, who followed his whole career and saw all the different in almost every season of his career that he started, there was some kind of controversy. 20 years removed after he's retired, he's a Hall of Famer. None of that woman. Quarterback of all time. That's it. Period. You know, that's it. Yeah, we don't we don't care about all that stuff. And, and I think that that says something to our society of, you know, you, you, you just got to win. You know, what we teach in our kids, what we promote through our government, what we policies, how people are supposed to behave uh, in school. History is written by the winners. Yeah. You know, we've got all kind of reports where uh, like recently now they just had they just they, two years ago. They got on the campaign to remove African slaves from history books. We referred to as uh, immigrant workers. Now they've removed in some schools the trail of tears for Native Americans. It was more so just like a relocation. Yeah. Like they they gradually keep going through removing, you know, because history is written by the winners. Yes, sir. When you're in charge, you can dictate what you want to be taught, what you want kids to know, the narrative that you want people to have. And that degree of, of there are certain people who use word like oppression. Other people say to the victor, go to spoils. For sure. For sure that. And at the same particular time, the victor goes to spoils. I mean... When you live in a society that shows you ignorance, when you live in a society that shows you ratchetness, when you live in a society that shows you bullying tactics will get you ahead, what do you do as a person trying to do the right thing? Why wouldn't you go that way? Yeah. Why wouldn't you side as what we would call to the dark side, the forces of evil, right? Yeah. Even, even in a Star Wars movie, Dark Vader looked cooler than Luke at times, right? Yeah. More people would be Vader than Luke. I'm just saying. Or, yeah. or Han Solo came off not as a good guy, right? Han Solo came yeah. off as a, you know, guy with a, a crooked past, checkered history. And, of course, you know, he was a kind of a stone-cold Steve Austin type, right? Yeah. He appealed to the villain, but he also appealed to that good guy in you. Okay. This is our society that we live in right now, man. We 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 live in a society that mavericks are taking over, right? Where you got a president, number forty-five, aka the pussy grabber, that can bully, talk shit, do whatever you want, a tweet like a madman, and almost create uh, a nuclear war with a country that we shouldn't be messing with, right? We live yeah. in a society that we see these cheaters constantly getting a second chance to make millions and more dollars and we just have to accept that but society will drag you through the mud if you're common joe or 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 mr common allen <laughs> and and you do any kind of crime they're going to give you the fucking riot act man you're going to be sitting there serving 10 years for some petty shit yeah so the, the question i think that starts to come up is is that in this society, for what it is, which is the better way to teach? Is the the follow your moral compass or crime pays? <laughs> Shit. Yeah. And, and let's not even let's let, let's remove the illegal factor. Okay. Let, let's just re, let's just keep it on the wrong. So uh, one thing that came out there was an 11 year old girl uh, invented a, a new uh, lead detection system for water 
because the people in Flint, Michigan still have bad water. So, so the, yeah, so, yeah. so based upon she, she saw what was happening. She lived in Colorado, like her parents from Colorado. Jean is a little girl though. And she saw the issues with Flint and like how the poor water testing was. So this 11 year old came up with, with a new invention to get clean, to detect lead. So people wouldn't get so sick or that you can test it better and preempt it. All those people, nobody went to jail over that issue. So you, you've got the, the Flint issue where all these people now still struggling, still getting sick, lead infected water where, you know, they drinking this stuff up. They can cut their finger and write a note with it Damn. like they getting all, all this lead in their system because people wanted to cut corners and, and do not do what's right. No repercussion. You, Is it the governor still in office? I believe so. But there's just there's there was no trickle down. There, there was no there, there was no backlash. You have Puerto Rico. Which is a U.S. territory. Yeah, eighty percent of it still without power. <laughs> to this day, after the after it was a Hurricane Maria, and all the people in America who decided to to make budget cuts and to not allocate funding or resources there because it was going to mess with the bottom line for what they wanted to do. Yeah. not illegal. Yeah, just wrong. Yeah, you know, like we we have a society where we we do these things. Where we'll we'll rob Peter to pay Paul, Definitely. or we'll rob Peter and Paul. Yes, sir. And there's no backlash or repercussions. So as we start raising kids up, and we look at what moves should we make, what is the real incentive to walk the straight and narrow? Like I, not the illegal side, but but just the morally correct side. I think that there necessarily really isn't. I think the factor that plays a part of which which way you're going to go. Is how much time you want to serve, and is your money right to go there, right? Okay. If you're, when I say if your money's right, regardless if Alex Rodriguez was um, banished from baseball forever, okay, he was never giving back that money. No, nine figures. Okay, you know what I'm saying? So from Texas and New York, <laughs> regardless if Donald Trump gets impeached, right? Let's say he gets impeached. Yeah. He's still Donald Trump and he's still worth all that money. Yeah. Regardless of how much Lance Armstrong got dragged through the mud, he's still Lance, he's still Armstrong, Lance Armstrong and he still got that money. Yes, he doesn't have those Tour de France's, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're looking at it from a lens of, well, everybody was cheating, so that is Lance Armstrong. And the funny thing about it, he's just disappeared. Yeah, he took the money about. He, he did what you're supposed to do when you get in trouble like that. Right? Just, just mean, lay low. And, and, and just play the cut. Just play the cut. He did his little um, interview, and that was it. He took his little ridicule, and boom! I guarantee you, he shows up some several years later, and he's going to be a part of the the reformation of cycling, and he'll be broadcasting analyst. Oh, he already shit. is. He's got teams under him. Still, uh, yeah. All you do in, in that scenario is you fall back, take your name and face off it, but you still have all these moving parts in place. Yeah. You still have all the, the because people can't be your friend in public. Yeah. But they still need they still want what you have in private. So yeah. when these people, you know, well, how come so and so such? Yeah, you just fall back. You know, and and when people talk about cycling, he is still the standard, cheating or not. When people talk about when you're the the whatever of the Michael Jordan of you're the you're the Bill Gates of when it comes to cycling, you're the Lance Armstrong of. It's just, I think that we have such this. And we, I've said it before, we have, um, we worship these idols, we idolize and love them so much that even when they do wrong, they can't do really wrong in the eyes of those folks that behold, um, Tiger Woods fall from grace. It was very tragic, but in the same sense, when he was able to get his feet together a little bit and get back on the golf course. Folks were still tuning in, right? Yeah. It's not He's like still Tiger. Yeah, it's not like we're gonna stop watching Tiger Woods. The only tragedy of Tiger Woods, he's not physically able to play and participate in the sport that he created. I'm not say created, excuse me, but the a sport that he um, made sure that it became a national prominent, um, culturally relevant uh, sport because nobody was watching golf until. Tiger Woods. I mean, people was watching golf, but it wasn't the way the new millennium. He changed. He, he opened changed up markets, and he changed. Yeah, because he mean, took it to a global level, right? In a sense where 
globally folks really cared about golf. Yeah, he changed branding for the sport. You know, Nike athletic fits for, for golf wasn't there. ESPN wasn't covering golf like, like that. that. I mean, not at all. Uh, he, he opened up a whole uh, black and brown market for golf. Oh, yeah. That, and an explosion that they had like to see. Was, like it was never... Like it was, uh, it was really possible. Yeah, because so, this this country, because because we we celebrate winners. Because had Tiger come out and won three tournaments in a row, like say he was hot again, yeah. all that other mess was out the window. Yeah. Well, nobody cared anymore. So in re- and so in retrospect, when we think about it, from scrutiny to some bad press, a few eggs, a few death threats, um, a few memes, a few big jokes where you're the butt of it. Yeah. Honestly, it's still kind of worth it in the end of the day because these people that we're talking about, they still are winning. Yeah, I said, Tom Brady, 20 years from now, none of this comes up again. You don't talk about it right now. I'm saying, well, I mean, just... Especially the fact that he not only cheated or was convicted of cheating... But came back and won the Super Bowl the way he won the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. Every every damn near every successful year the Patriots had, there was an asterisk next uh-huh. to it about an issue, whether they were you know recording the practices, <laughs> you know deflating the ball. There was always some chicanery going on in all those those years. But as long as you win, it, it evens out. And I think that we we are in a country that is not based in morality, and so we're in a country that's based on the winner. And so you can you can look at a, a historically from before this was the United States of America, colonization is winning. Yes. I showed up. I took what I wanted. Uh, it, it's almost like when people who get mad at coaches for running up the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you don't want me to keep scoring touchdowns, stop me. Yep. If you don't want me colonizing your, your region and your people, stop me. Yeah. If you can't stop me, shut the F up. And that's the that's the baseline for this country. That's the baseline for capitalism. I'm winning, and and if that means that's the expense of you, so be it. So when do we, as African Americans, blacks, whatever you call it, it was so funny. Um, this is just on my mind. I had one. You know, I was doing the African marketplace every first and third Saturday of the month. By the way, twenty two fifty one Florin Road, and um. This black woman, Sacramento, California. Yes, indeed. For those who are listening locally, this black woman comes to me and I have this black icon shirt. Right. And she says, gives me this whole education about black folks and Moors and all this other type of stuff. We're not really. I said, I said, you know, I get it. And, you know, I, and, I, and I explained to her, you know, this is the reasons why. And she just was breaking it down. Well, you should do this for your shirts. And I was looking at her. And the only reason why I was looking at her, and I know this is totally kind of off of what we're talking about, but I just, just find it when it, it, it kind of ties into when are black folks going to make that move to become winners, right? Okay. Here she is telling me this treatment about mores and what we need to do, not call each other these certain things yeah. for this. Who do you think she had on her on? Hmm. She had a white man. Okay. Her white boyfriend, white husband, whatever. And yeah. I, I just got to look at her like, okay, thanks for the advice. It, it always seems like we have to attach ourselves with something that's winning, right? Okay. In, in, in the sense of, right, you're saying all this good stuff to me, but okay, well, let's struggle and let's get together. And sister, why aren't you with a black man so you can struggle together to make that win? Because okay. in reality, in society, as, as much as you are going to be in this black power movement articulating blackness, you're still with a white person. Okay. And to me, that helps folks move up the ladder because that gives a lot of folks that see you in that pattern saying, "Okay, they're they're all right. They're not they're not they're not too radical. They're not too sketchy. We can deal with them because it's almost like a sense of whiteness, whether it's the woman or the man. It calms folks down, and that's kind of like the okay. You know what? You're okay. Come into the door. Okay. Well, good point, because the thing that came up over the last few weeks, people have been kind of lightweight addressing is Shannon Sharp. And so, uh, Mr. Undisputed, Shannon and Skip, it has been, you. I mean, I, I don't know if you can say, short of Stuart Scott, uh, Shannon probably the blackest analyst in sports of the last 20 years. 
Well, yeah. I mean, well, you know what I'm saying? As in keeping it real, as in calling it like it really, really is, yeah. not doing stuff for friends or favors or, or, you know, as the most direct. I would say with the exception of Seward Scott. He, he, he's direct like that. And always standing up for his people. Always quick to call stuff out. Bringing attention to stuff that no sports desk has ever touched upon. Until, until he has to date his people and uh, marry his people. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. So uh, I don't think anybody would question his his degree of commitment to his people by the way that he presents himself the 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 information he brings uh how clearly he brings it his stance on stuff like i don't think anybody's questioning ain't nobody throwing no coon card out at shannon sharp for the way that for what he brings to the table but does his white girlfriend change that <laughs> now, that like because because the thing is if if you never knew who his significant other was which most people didn't nah, not at all uh everybody is right behind this man yeah. Soon as they see his woman, does that does that cause a recoil? Does that change anything of the narrative? Does that if I dated a bunch of white women and the stance that I take, how would you look at me? A little different, and the why reason, another reason why is because you've addressed relationships. He's never addressed relationships one way or the other, so there's no there's not there's no contradiction because he's never addressed black men being with black women. The most powerful tandem in the overall scheme of winning together is when black love is connected. Okay. Right? That's power. Within itself, that's the winning combination. Because one, we reproduce our own, right? Yeah. And the texture and the foundation that we built together, it's extreme. Our melanin, our set will just com- com- combine in. It just creates that that fantasy, that glow, that energy. Okay. It's just a beautiful thing when you see it, when it when it works. It's just it's it's nothing like it, right? Okay. So again, it makes white people really uncomfortable. Like, you know, functional black folk that stay black, that's not assimilating, not uh, motivated by uh, being under this uh, um white ideology of how we're supposed to behave and okay. how we're supposed to act this is a fear factor to get some black people a couple that kind of got it together i had a um meeting about cannabis the other day and when i saw this nice beautiful black couple walking in together i'm like yes that's about to be a franchise right that in sync coming to figure out how can we get some skin in the game in this business right yeah. okay when you have a black man, a white woman, a white woman, black man, and folks do whatever they want to do. I'm not trying to knock anybody. Yeah. It is what it is. How do you really have these real conversations about race and, and what you're going to do for your children? Like, is there a more dominant side? I mean, like when you see in all of these, these, um, these things that's happening in front of you, I mean... Your your white wife or white husband, I mean, regardless of what they feel in nature, doesn't mean that their family feels the same way. Yeah. Right. So, some that, point in time, a decision it, it, has to be made. It's very combustible in a, in a way to where something's gonna have to to give. Where with a black couple, it's like y'all know we public enemy one, uh, number one together. Yeah. And, and 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 if they gonna come get you, they gonna come get me. Where almost it's like, well, hey, with my white partner, leave me alone. Yeah, we'll give this Negro a pass. Go get the other ones. Yeah. So I mean, I I get that. Does that in any way? I guess the better question is delude the the the, the strength of the message or the validity of the statement. Like if you if because like I said, let's go back three months. Before his significant other was ever a question or, or, or to anybody, like I said, no one was questioning Shannon Sharp. You know what I'm saying, but then his woman come out, and then it's, and then he's always shooting a shot at, at, at Nicole Murphy while you're on air. Uh, but I, I mean, because when we talk about coming together and we talk about you know siding with the winners, is that necessarily a factor? Like, I mean, because did, did, I heard all these different narratives about him specifically. Let me move on past it. It's not just about this man particularly. Uh, they were like, oh, well, he's dark skinned. So he must have dealt with the backlash of black women saying he was too dark. So he like creating a whole psychology to how he ended up with girl. He's a black man who was a football player. He has a lisp and he's dark skinned. I don't think he's going to have a problem. 
right? I'm dark skinned. Yeah. That's and, what I'm saying. Like, and I, just, and I don't have football money. You know what I'm saying? I, I know I have a certain charisma. Thank, thank you for my father and my granddaddy to bless me with some some good looks, right? Yeah. But also, I'm I'm well put together at the same time. Besides, just okay, you know, he's a, he's a good, decent looking guy. I have some substance behind me, right? Yeah. That, that kind of creates that that package. And being a self-made man is always a winning piece to the puzzle. Yeah. But again, actions speak louder than words. I get worrisome when I continue to hear Negroes talk a good game, but not put no skin in the game. So I would love to see the track record on what he's actually doing for the black community. Because it's one thing to speak out loud, and it's awesome. But white supremacy is so tricky that why not do something that's innovative? Why not do something that no one else is doing? Why not do it with a guy like Skip Bayless that folks would probably think, right, that he's going to come from an angle to where, oh, man, this is a racist prick, right? When in reality, he's a guy that's very thoughtful, and you know, he's a very smart, intelligent white guy. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't play that card, but he gives this guy enough of a space to give a platform so black folks can really believe, just like you said, that, man, he's really speaking upon our issues. He really feels us. He really knows what's going on because no one else is going to do that. So that becomes a reason why you tune into that show. Yeah. Because it's a difference, right? It's a it's a, it's a a different format. It's like, all right, he is saying all these powerful, radical things. But guess what? At the end of the day, we know he's still tame because he got a white woman in the chamber. Okay. So, so, so the reality is like, man, this guy saying all this powerful stuff, but it's just like when you see folks put a whole bunch of stuff on Facebook and we've talked about this all the time. I'd rather you show up than put one thing on Facebook about what you're talking about, what you want to do, what you're going to do or what you're trying to do. Yeah. I'd rather you just show up and just do it. There's a lot of Facebook soldier and keyboard soldier, keyboard revolutionaries on Facebook. And the thing where folks they see me and they see the work that I'm doing, they see the work that you're doing, what they can say, especially for me, because I'm very heavy on social media, advocating and, and, and pouring out my libation to the family on you know social media, whether for good or bad. Folks say, damn, he does not only talk it, but he walks it. Okay. So you can see both intertwine. Shannon Sharp, I would love to see the books. To see what is he really doing to actually propel the black community. We're not talking about these foundations that, you know, you're getting this, you're getting that. But what skin in the game are you really doing to exercise in some of the philosophies and ideas that you're expressing on air? Okay, so what about the argument of, let's just say, it is a question of, one of the biggest things they always say about Puffy, Sean Combs, is that in order to stay relevant, he always has to stay next to something that's hot. Like that that's how he stayed in the game for so long. Let me just stand next to some fire. Let me let me bounce from big. Let me let me hang out with Usher. Let me do this with, with Chris Brown. Let me be next to future. Let me be let me just be what's next to what's hot and I'll always stay warm. What if it is a to a degree a case of that? Because if you look at where we are throughout this country and this society, is that we're basically a day late and a dollar short on most major moves in this country. Like we're 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 timid when it comes to stock market and investing. Yeah. We're we're scared to be to to trailblaze when it comes into to a new take take advantage of cannabis stuff you're talking about. So so the cannabis game that has made multi millionaires over the last twenty four months and that it's sprouting up everywhere and that there are all these major moves, all the mess that black folks have been going to prison for for the last 25 years, they're making America's newest millionaires. We're so timid and scared to be a part of it. We need to make sure air, we, we approach a lot of things in the system like the swimming pool. Man, I'm, I'm going to stick my toe in. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to get a leg in. Uh, you, you swim out. You tell me how it is. You know, uh, Bitcoin, which is huge, making millionaires over the last year. Man, that, that I, I want to get, I want to, you know, I don't know about that. Stock market to lose my money, such, such, such and such. So if you have black folks who are get, who are doing that, side of themselves with the quote unquote winner, got themselves a white husband, got themselves a, 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 a white wife, somebody who's plugged in to those moves that are moving. Do we? Is this just a simple case of I can't knock the hustle because you're trying to win? Well, that and that's you know what I'm saying. I, like, yeah, I know that's what, and that's why I think I bring it in to the fact of 
they're keeping a W with them, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to talk this black shit, but at the same time, I'm good because I got, you know, my white counterpart. Yeah. That makes you not really fear me because I don't really fear uh, a black person talking all that revolutionary shit. And they're, they, you know, re- I don't give a damn if the white person, whoever, is down by law. Yeah. Because I, I, I that's true. There are some, some, yeah, I mean, there, some, some white folks who are down for you quicker than a yeah, black person. Well, a, a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot. Trust me. A lot. I know. I mean, that's the problem with it's hard to be black. And a lot of in a lot of reasons in a lot of ways because you, you just sit there and you shake your head and like man, it's quicker for me to get ten cents from a, a white person that doesn't know me compared to getting a few pennies from black people that have known me for five years. Yeah. So you know, you 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 tend to have that that issue, but at the same time, the only cultural relevancy that I see for that black and white couple is that it's almost a survival tactic it's almost like okay here is my here is my my piece of i am going hard for my black folk but i'm still cool because i got a white person because you see me i'm shaka zulu out and then i got uh uh uh, uh you know what i'm saying my uh my black goddess queen it, it's almost terrifying coming down the street right okay. but if here i am shaka, shaka zulu out but i got Megan Ryan with me, you're gonna be like, ah, you know what? He has a side to I him. I think about who that was for a second, Megan yeah, Ryan. You know what saying, right? Took me a second. I was like, uh, who? You, yeah. you're probably Ryan all that shit. Uh, you have a side to you that, well, you know what? Maybe he is someone we can talk to, sit down with, break bread with. Might okay. be a little bit easygoing. He's not as ferocious as he could be because I, you know, for some people, they think. I come off too radical, and this is from black folks' perspective. Okay, so right? what what if it's not a case of, so like I said, we remove Shannon. So if, if it's not somebody who's really on that platform, it's just somebody who's got the mentality of, I keep seeing this group winning. Like, I would love to win with my people, but for whatever reason, we, we just can't seem to put this together. And a lot get, of times we can't. And so I get with the winning team, and now I'm prospering. Yeah, you're prospering, you're winning, and, and like I said, it, it's a covering. It's a covering. It's a shape of, you know, they'll bypass the black and white couple to go ahead and take out the the all black couple. I mean, society has become more acceptance to at least a black and white couple compared to a, a, a black and black couple. Like that, to society still going. You know, you don't see those images all the time on TV. You don't. You'll see now. The multicultural. I mean, some people were, you know, flipping out because of the the Cheerios commercial yeah, and some old crazy shit like yeah. that, you know. And that there was a, a black Jedi in Star Wars, you know yeah. what I mean? But then there was a, a, a you know a woman and uh, you know playing the lead role. And then you know when you have shows like uh, Walking Dead, which I was I enjoy watching. And they have the main character is now, you know, with one of the other main, main yeah, characters, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, black yeah. woman. You know, it's almost more society accepts that. They could have easily just kept it on a, you know, a, a basis of, you know, black couples. They black had a black couple. couple. They killed both of them. Yeah. Up, right? um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that it still gives you that element like, OK, you're all right. You're all right. You know, you you can be with us compared to hmm, let me. Let me kind of watch these these Negroes. Okay. You know, they're, so, they're still in tune with So each what other. about us? So remove the other group. So amongst just our people, do we even care like this? So if uh, if Reggie gets with Reggie, solid brother Reggie, gets with Tina, a white girl, for whatever reason, and by sheer virtue of that, Tina's family comes from not balling, but solid yeah you know uh she's got a family that can help them get in their first house uh-huh. you know um pop says you know there, there's gonna be some there's gonna be some uh real estate passed down there's gonna be uh, some life insurance like hooking up with tina big picture yeah. is gonna come up it's bigger than that's big. not why he got with her it's but better to, than hooking up with uh uh, uh, uh what's it called Aunt, uh, antoinette right yeah so <laughs> so it is so by Only name i could think of uh, right it's, i get you saying though so is where are we at? So forget what they think about us. Are we? Do we even still give a side eye? Like, cause I mean, cause hell yeah. Well, no, and, no, 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 no. But here, hear me out. 
So do we get not the fact that oh man there he is he got white girl more good. But do we give the side eye more to to the, to the dude who gets a white girl and he just all of a sudden prospers and come up than the brother who does the shady immoral activity for his come up? Um, I think the Negro gets a side eye for basically either or. But I really think that there's not really a lot of Negroes that are thinking the way you're thinking of getting Becky and um, coming up on. Becky That's what I'm saying. By sheer virtue, he just did. He wasn't planning on it. He just ended up. I don't it. even think that even happens in there because. Uh, I, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a couple brothers. Yeah, there's a couple brothers, but a lot of brothers. The unfortunate, like, see, the black man who's rich gets a white girl. It's like, okay, you were already rich. You could have got anybody you wanted, to be honest with you, for in virtual um, reality. Uh, a lot of black guys that I've seen, it's almost kind of like you're getting the worst of the, the, the stock when it comes okay. to the others. You're getting the, you couldn't get the prime real estate. You got, uh, you know, what I'm saying the hood property. That's in demolition, right? They're okay. not getting. They're not getting the. Because I think that folks would probably applaud it and be like, "Yo, do your thing," because they're looking at it as going to be a come up. As long as you go ahead, bring up whatever you getting from them. Come back bring home. Bring it back home. We ain't got no problem. But Negroes ain't doing that. They damn. They're trying to turn whatever uh, uh, person they have out to be the same caliber as them. And sometimes that caliber ain't always that good. So I don't think that. Um, a lot now when I used to see it it was kind of different but lately it's almost like man these guys are just going out and getting whatever you know it's 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 not getting thoroughbreds like me and my boy he just was with me uh, this past weekend we were like we, we call ourselves the first white girl slayers because we we dated a lot of white girls we dated a lot of white women I mean I, back in the day I had a lot of white girlfriends and we had top quality white women yeah shots out to all of them if they're listening, <laughs> you know, we had top quality A1. Hey, I'm really rich homes a whole bit. A friend of mine, Where his now, mom used to tell him, he said, you're supposed to get you the white girl that the white boy wants. Okay, right. That's, so, that's, what, that's what his mom used to tell you're supposed to get the white girl talk. that the white boy wants. But, I mean, I'm seeing these images now, and it's just like, come on, man. And it's not to say that I don't have white folks. As, I got white friends and stuff like that because, I mean, it is what it is. I treat people as human beings. Yeah. But, in reality, I understand this whole race play and how it moves and how it goes. I rather, in particularly, I feel more comfortable being with a black woman. I rather reserve my energy, my thoughts, my kindness, my heart, you know what I'm saying, my love, my joy, my pains, my fears, my accomplishments with a black woman. That's just me, though. Yeah. You know, I think there's so many beautiful um, women in just the black sector from Carmel looking, from dark, from light skin, the whole the, bit. Yeah, the it's a, it's like coming, in, yeah, it's just coming into the, an ice cream store and just don't know what flavor you want to pick. Yeah. But that's just me. But I always will say to the young brother, see what you like, see what you need. And I do that. I, I, I'm happy that I went through it in a moment where I just could just kind of be free will with what I needed to do. And society didn't create this perplexed um, motion of you have to be with this person. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Had I fell in love with a white woman, I would probably be with a white woman. But it never happened like that. Yeah. You know, I fall in love with uh, um, black women, right? And I'm okay with that. But again, looking at it all from a picture view of what we f- should do, I'm not going to berate the brother or the sister, if that's what they do. Yeah. I think that we fall into this trap of trying to critique, 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 and then not really get down to the business. If that's what you're doing, all right, that's good for you. Yeah. What are you doing about building and the empowerment? Because if you're still with that, then let's work on that. And what I say again, opening the books and seeing what a lot of these so-called mixed couples do that helps create. Um, a change because your responsibility is still to help change and empower the black community. Yeah. So if you decide to now I'm dating someone outside my race because I don't want to have to deal with all these issues, Negro, you still black. Yeah. At the end of the day, for anybody that's doing it, and that's the only thing that I can critique that, okay, you dated that because. You want to talk black, but then when it's time for you to just kind of scale back, you can scale back. Okay, well, here's a question. Is that brother or sister worse than the person who's with a black person who does the same thing? Like, I think it shines more light if you're black with somebody who's white to look at, well, what are you doing for the community? Well, I don't believe that you about it like that. Do we say anything to black people who are with black people who still don't do anything for the community? 
I say a lot of shit to a lot. You of know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it, you, I think it's even worse because in a reality, when you break down all that we've gone through, all we've been through, it's almost a catch twenty two because a lot of the stuff that we have gone through, we can get ourselves out of because we have multiple millionaire people that are of color, right? Okay. We have um, multiple folks that are in city council, that are mayors, that are governors, of, I mean, public officials. We have major CEOs. And we have definitely a whole bunch of scholars that are making m m monies off of um, the disparaging or um, the oppressed uh, ideas that black people have in their mind or just the oppression that America has uh, conflicted on a, a black folks on solutions, remedies, and ideas, making money. So here we are, still in the same place, not moving nowhere fast. Yeah. Education still screwed up. Mass incarcerations all over the place. Killing ain't gonna stop. Okay. The constant fighting, right? The constant, well, this person, uh, that person, well, you're not doing this. The feminism, all of the shit that divides. Black men arguing with black women. Black women arguing with black men. Black fathers don't want to be father. Black women don't want to be mothers. I mean, we, we got all the same shit going on. Yeah. Even worse than it's ever been. But we have so many more advantages. So to me, it I that's why I don't tend to go into this argument with... You should be with no, okay. That's what your choice is. Cool. Yeah. My experience is something different. I'm just about empowerment and building. I don't give a damn about your religion, your background. I could care less. You're Catholic. I'm Christian. I'm Christian. You're Catholic. Who gives a shit? Yeah. What are we doing to build? And I think when you talk about the black folk, they understand it. They know it. There are a couple, and they don't go back and give back or do stuff for our community. That shit is a double whammy because it's like y'all know what y'all need to do. Y'all yeah. know. At the end of the day, for any black person, they have to understand that if it ain't knocking on your door, the stress of this world, the stress of this society on us, it's going to eventually knock. Yeah. You can. You're not exempt. Well, a couple things, and because we we have a lot of uh, false narratives that go along about us as a people. So first, to put one thing out there, uh, eighty six percent of black men that are married are married to black women. Okay. Like like there's there's this this you know floating misnomer that every brother got a white girl or or Asian or or or, or non black. You know, so eighty six percent of all black dudes who marry anybody. They're married to a, to to a black person. So uh, ninety four percent of black women are married to black men. So if they're gonna marry anybody, they're married to a black man. So so just first putting that out there because you hear all that like every brother with some money. When you look at athletes and entertainers, they make up like point zero one percent of the population. So even if every rich black person you saw who was in sports or entertainment had a non black person, that does not move the needle. Of the percentage of overall black people, mm. it's just it's an incredibly small number. Mm. So so most black people are with black people, uh, and so I, I I say that because that is not the major linchpin in our problem. You know what I'm saying? If, if, what, what do you think? Because I mean, if we have a hundred couples in a room, and eighty six of them are all on one accord, okay. if there's dysfunction or if there's problems. It's not the 14 other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, they're not the reason why the 86 couples are having problems. Okay. <laughs> so they may come through and maybe instigate something or, or, or mess a little bit tweaking, but that, that's an in-house issue. So for the lack of the not building, the not growing, the not, it's not the small percentage. Okay. You know that that's what I mean by that. So it, it's not because we're not moving because you know uh, Halle Berry got a white dude. It's not because we're not moving because Shannon Sharp got a white girlfriend. We're not moving because there's some dysfunction going on. Kind of like I was talking about, like we we're scared about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And and we have a history to to, to be fearful. Very fearful. You know when it comes to a, a getting involved in the system and and really. Getting in a system which was based off of that's almost like this family that lives across the street became prosperous by whooping your family's ass mm -hmm. for generations. Now, at some point, 
you, you, every time you come out the house, even though you may not have got your ass whooped yet, you've heard, well, his dad used to whoop your dad. His dad used to work, you know, so yeah. now you're, you're kind of, hesitant. Huh. so there's a percentage, I think, of black people who are like, you know what? I might be better served befriending the people across the street. Mm. If anything, just to keep them from whooping my ass mm-hmm. and whatever I learn on the side in their presence, I'll use that to benefit me. Yeah. Cause I, I yeah. Great point. I look at it, if, how can we build if we killing everything that looks like us? Yeah. Like, that's just, to me, um, something that's very plain. There's, there's, there's some psychological um, issues that we have to where we spend so much time debating, deflating, um, creating this, this sense of competition to the point where we feel that your existence, right, is yeah. is is critical for my to for my existence. That yeah. one of us got to go, somebody yeah. got to die. That we don't see how it's really putting a stranglehold on our developing st- structures and and um, institutions that can be able to be passed down from generation to generation, right? Yeah. I've always said the wrong thing, the one thing about black folks and everything that we get involved with, we have moments, we have movements, we don't have institutions. Yeah. We don't institutionalize the moment or the movement, right? So, as we see this whole Black Lives Matter piece, and um, you know, folks are all upset and they're rallying around this, nothing from Black Lives Matter has been institutionalized. Nothing. Nothing at all. So, in 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 in, in theory though there has been some good uh work in social justice wise right yeah. but I, I i really would like to say that there was a lot of work already being done before yeah. right beforehand i think they just help um scale it up nothing has been institutionalized like when um the gays decided to sit there and say this is what we wanted yeah. they got something institutionalized mobilized. we got it mobile they mobilized and they got Same it in writing marriage they got it so. in law it's institutionalized it's not just a moment it's not a good picture uh, um, um, review it's not this time when they did this and marched here no it's the time where they changed their history books and got yeah. something on writing where we got to go to bathrooms that says all gender yeah well I think something that, a really good point to that is that the one insta- institutionalized point that came out of the Black Lives Matter movement oh, I definitely know what was saying. negative yes so they, they looked we at, did on the FBI list exactly so when they were like <laughs> mm, I don't like the way this looks because uh, for something historically for what people may not recall or you might not have been born yet or whatever right around you know 67 68 uh, was when the CIA was finally like could breathe again because leading up from about 61 to, to 66 was uh, unrest. They looked at the CIA looked at the, the quote unquote black movement as the biggest form of domestic terrorism that the United States has ever seen. Because between dealing with the Nation of Islam coming out of Detroit, uh, the, uh, all the, the churches in, in, in Martin down in Alabama, Groups like the Panthers coming out, you know, and, and gangs down in L.A. and and gangs then weren't what gangs are now. There were gangs that were formed to protect black people from white violence. Yeah. So you had a lot of gangs like popping up. You had all these different groups and institutions where the United States government was on the ropes from the inside. It would be the equivalent to California, Oregon and Nevada getting bombed by ships while New York is getting hit, while Florida is getting bombed, while they're putting anthrax in Colorado. Like it was they looked at that that whole civil rights movement as the greatest form of domestic terrorism. So after they got out and could breathe again, you know, kill the heads and the body shall die. Got got rid of all that stuff, shifted everything. The women's movement tore apart the civil rights struggle, uh, got folks on the take to get them on board with the team, did the whole dismantling of that movement, they were like, we will never be in this position again. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I said, we will never be in this position again. Them, the Negroes gave white America hell. hell. So when you get a group like, okay, well, we got Black Lives Matter, people who are of no association to the group, hold a sign up. Just show up at a function and hold a BLM sign up. See, that's them right there. Blocking this freeway, stopping this. These are the people who are keeping you from getting to work. These are the people getting you from getting to school. There'll be a function that has absolutely nothing to do with black people. 
and all of a sudden somebody come in with a shirt on just so they for the pictures. Yeah. Oh, here, see, there's these, these looters. These are yeah. Black Lives Matter looters. These are Black Lives Matter criminals. These are so now you put them on the FBI black extremist uh, list to where now it's you put anything in a group that said if you identify racially, if you say you're the black anything, mm-hmm. you're now on the FBI list because they're like, we are not going down this road again. So when it comes to what was institutionalized from the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, that target on your back was institutionalized. Like it, it, we were going to fundamentally go across the board, all 50 states. That if you start coming on that black identity extremist line where you identify as I'm black and whatever words follow it or came before it, you on the list. I am a black identity extremist. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and that's the whole thing where black America must understand that as just we we choose to deflect history where white America chooses to understand history yeah. and say it will not be repeated. Where we choose to kind of forget about it, let Those bygone be bygone. Those history are doomed to repeat know, it. Let's just, just, just love each other, open our hands, open our hearts, we love. Well, they're like, yo, we, ain't, we still are pissed off that you had the nerve to really give us this hell in this moment where we're not only fighting the Vietnam War, but we got to make sure that you Negroes don't do uh, a... a a coup over here, just like the Haitian Revolution, sock by say to all my Haitians pay, paying attention, right? That was one of the things that America will never, ever, ever, ever want to deal with again, right? That's why they gave you crack. That's why they've given well, you hip hop music that poisons the mind. That's why they put guns in the community. That's why they diluted the gangsters. I, you know, and what do you think about it? I guarantee you that they probably injected. Dummy gangsters, right? Cointelpho and the gangs. Yeah. Remember, gangs were used at one particular time to uh, uh, create community, to protect Con- community, community restoration and progress. It was, it was, was what a all of that, right? It yeah. was all of that rebuilding. I guarantee you, they put man some freaking, uh, 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 you know, dirty bastards up in that motherfucker to poison that shit and now look at it now if you use freeway rick ross the original rick ross yes uh not huh you know lemon uh-huh. pepper wings ross yeah. the original ross to infiltrate and poison bro you uh, damn sure they're gonna put bubba leroy and skillet in some do-rags and, 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 and put them going. in the mix yeah so when you look at it we tend to forget history as White America remembers history and continues to see, we've seen this happen before. We've seen this happen before. Let's go ahead and label these guys. It stops it, 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 it stops the terrain. It kind of kind of gives us a little bit of time to really now organize and start picking them off. The coldest thing about it, because as folks should know, and shout out to my, my, my folks in St. Louis, uh, Ferguson, uh, what is it, uh, Hands Up United, my brother Tefpo and his people out there in Ferguson, they're the ones that created the whole um, push and movement that Black Lives Matter actually took and kind of made it national. Hands up, don't shoot. The whole yeah, up, hands yeah, up, yeah. United. They did because they, they was because it was Ferguson. Yeah, it all came out of Ferguson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So them kind of creating that and moving. What has happened to a lot of those leaders? They've come up missing. They've ended up Almost dying. Almost all of them. Almost all of them. Right? S- on the on the sneak tip. Real not, talk. Not, yeah, like you just all of a sudden such and such. I mean, page six. Call, exactly. Page six. So and so is gone. And when you talk about them remembering, this is and this is what I think ties into so much of the climate of everything that's going on right now. The whole part that they remember is the third stanza of the national anthem. The part that everybody sends to, to leave out. Where you had uh, slaves here who were siding with the British because the British were were offering up freedom if, if you came if you switch sides. Yeah. So that's where that to the slaves. There's nowhere you can run. You switch sides and go with them. We gonna get you. Like there's no there's no place that you can run that 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 these bombs bursting in the air ain't gonna get your ass. And there's been those. All throughout American history, there's been that, mm, keep an eye on them. Yeah. And in the 60s is when we finally figured it out. They're like, oh, no, they came too close. Yeah. 
They, nah, nah, son. Like we 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 we've been paying attention. We we've been you know that's also why your history is not taught to you accurately. Yes. Because yes. if you saw that for it kept coming in waves of where there'd be oppression against black people, black people would start to figure it out, start to come together and make a move. Yes. And each wave that kept happening, the move kept getting greater, and the movement kept getting greater. And they're like, mm, these guys are inadvertently figuring this out. So let let's let's if we leave it the way it is, they are naturally going to wave up and wave out of some of this. So we actually have to be proactive and making sure that they don't teach these Negroes. They ain't never done anything. <laughs> don't tell them about any of their successes. Don't tell them about any of their greatness, any of their inventions, any of their prosperity. Teach these Negroes that everything they've done, we help get them to do it. Oh yeah. We we saved them to to we gave them opportunity to do it. That's the greatest way to block a person and to make a person think I got to date the white person. I got to go through you. I, I have to be with that white person because I will be accepted by society. <laughs> like so, you know, when you think about it, it's the great it's the greatest ploy to erase folks out of the history books when we did our uh, and, and shout out to both of us for doing our financial empowerment summit on another beautiful number three number three number three pat on our backs thank you we're really working and doing it uh boys walkins we're waiting for you to come back so we'll, we'll talk about that later but how powerful it was that we introduced our young kids to entrepreneurs that were black yeah. But how sad that they had information and they really truly believe that it was the athlete and the actors that were to the most richest folks. Yeah. Where, of course, Oprah was there and a few, but the richest guy yeah. was a, a, an a, African a man yeah. that, that was doing all type of entrepreneurial things that our kids was like, dude, I would have never thought I'd never believed that. Yeah, when you don't tell somebody about their successes, you don't tell them about the greatness that they come from, they believe that they come... If you take somebody that you come from sub or mediocre, then you think that, well, if I fall into sub or mediocre, I'm fine, because that's all I was supposed to do anyway. When you introduce somebody who's like, no, you come from from inspired minds, creative geniuses. You come from everything that you're taught that came by way of something. They'll teach you about the famous Greek philosophers. Well, every famous Greek philosopher you heard of got their information from Africans. But they, they'll, they'll give you the, well, we learned it from here. We're not going to explain to you the Alexandria Library. We're going to tell you about the person who got the book from there. You know, we're going to sit there and talk about uh, all this. We're we, we just going to keep funneling it through here. And that everything you did, you got because of us. You know, it, you create something. Great, great, great. Let me get that from you. Let me get that from you. I'm going to put my name on it. You know, let, let me get that from you. Let me get that from you. Uh, yeah, he might have did that, but he was only able to do that because I let him work under me. So he, he watched me do something, and that's why he did it. Yeah. Everything that you do is your, your virtue of winning had to be from my system. That, that if you were Man. outside of my system, you wouldn't be ish. But so everything that you do under my umbrella, I, I, I'm puffy. I'm just I'm just staying next to what's hot to stay warm. So as long as you just you just next to me, you know, I'm I, everything has to come through me. And I think that that's where we do ourselves, our children, our community a disservice. where we don't take the time to learn about where we come from. Most don't take the time to learn about uh, what accomplishments we have done, not only going back centuries, but in recent history. Yes. You know, the stuff that the kids were learning about entrepreneurs and about businesses and inventors and stuff. Yeah, some of that stuff predates 100 years, 200 years. But they're talking about some of it in the last 20 years, the mm. last 15 years. You know, major moves being done globally by people who look like them, whom they'll never hear about in, in, in major media sources, classrooms, or probably their parents. Yeah. So I, I think that as we're out here and we're talking about, you know, who's a winning team or who we need to to be by, uh, it, it's been said for a long time. All, all we need is us. So all we need is us. So I think that if we can get more on the idea of, of addressing the wrongs that we see, but also celebrating the rights that we've done, 
I think that we'll be in a, a much better position and something that we can uh, identify, that we can speak to our young folks about to each other and something we can say something about. Say something. Say something podcast. I say something about black love, man. There you go. Where can folks find you online, sir? Barry Axius, Facebook, Barry Axius, Twitter, and at Team Boy, Instagram, and blackblueprintswithaz.com. Um, Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at CEO. Special shout out to a uh, to a, a genius mind himself who just passed away. Uh, just award winning. He was a genius guy. Ground, groundbreaking. Aside from just being Benson, <laughs> actor Robert Guillaume passed. Yeah. He's most notably for for well, depending on how old you are, your bracket, you remember him from Benson, or you may remember him from Soap. Or you remember, yeah. I remember like the, one of the more powerful things I remember was Lean On Me, where uh, him he was Joe Clark's best friend, whatever. Because, you know, Joe Clark did that whole big thing. He's like, yep. you know, I'm, I'm the HNIC. Yeah, when he got yeah. mad at him, he's like, and contrary to what you what, what public opinion might be, I'm the HIN, <laughs> I'm the HNIC. Uh, Robert Gillon passed away. He was he would be greatly missed. If you are young and don't know about him, look that man up. See some of his work. He was the first black man to get the starring role in Phantom of the Opera. This dude was his 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 uh, theatrical skills was deep. People may know him from TV or movies, but on his theater game was the same. You you, you really are feeling that. I was an English and theater major for a minute okay. too. I've had you many just, lives. I've had many lives. Yeah, I, I, you might need to write a book though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got a few of them in the works. I got a few in the works. But I'm Jermaine Morris here with Barry Axis. Yes, sir. This is the Say Something Podcast. And until next show. Holla. We'll holla at you later.